It's Friday, March the 18th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, survivors in Mariupol and Biden and Xi to speak. First, the world in brief. Reports emerged of survivors from the bombing of a theatre in Mariupol, although the number of casualties is unknown. Rescue efforts are underway amid, quote, continuous shelling from Russian forces, according to the city council. More than 1,000 women and children had been sheltering in the theatre. Ukrainian officials said 3,810 people were evacuated from cities through humanitarian corridors on Thursday. Antony Blinken, America's Secretary of State, said there was no sign that Russia would stop its attack, dismissing the prospect of a diplomatic settlement. Russia may be, quote, setting the stage to deploy chemical weapons, he warned. He also expressed concern that China could provide Russia with military equipment to use in Ukraine. President Joe Biden is expected to warn China of the, quote, costs of helping Russia during a call with his Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping on Friday. America's House of Representatives voted to suspend normal trade relations with Russia and Belarus, fulfilling a promise made by Mr Biden last week. Revoking their, quote, favoured nation status will let America raise tariffs on imports from both countries, such as aluminium and steel. The Senate will vote on the measure shortly. Separately, Russia said it made coupon payments worth $117 million on two government bonds, which would avert a default. The World Health Organization said at least 12 people have been killed in 43 attacks on healthcare facilities in Ukraine. The WHO's Director General said such attacks, which are a violation of international humanitarian law, are putting Ukrainians suffering with existing ailments at extreme risk. The war's consequences, quote, will reverberate for years or decades to come, he added. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, addressed the German Bundestag via video, drawing a standing ovation. In appealing for more support for his country, he made emotional references to Germany's own recent history, in particular of the East being occupied by Russia and the Holocaust. He also chided some German companies for still doing business in Russia. The European Space Agency has suspended its joint ExoMars mission to the Red Planet, acknowledging the, quote, present impossibility of carrying out ongoing cooperation with Roscosmos, its Russian counterpart. With liftoff no longer happening, planetary alignments mean that another attempt will have to wait at least 26 months. But future collaborations look shaky at best. Other news. Argentina's Senate approved a $45 billion debt deal with the International Monetary Fund, ensuring the government avoids a default. The Bank of England raised interest rates to 0.75%, an increase of 0.25 percentage points, in a bid to tame rampant inflation. America's total industrial production grew 0.5% month-on-month in February, while jobless claims fell by 15,000 in the week ending March 12th. And fact of the day. 400. 
the number of Western companies that have said they will exit Russia since the war began. And now, here's today's agenda. China's Ukraine Strategy China likes to present itself as a peace-loving giant, opposed to foreign incursions. What then to make of Russia's invasion of Ukraine? Despite murmuring about the need for peace, China has good reason to want a victory for Vladimir Putin, Russia's president. The countries are increasingly intertwined. On February 4th, Mr Putin unveiled an oil and gas deal with China worth $118 billion. State media in China have touted the departure of Western multinationals from Russia as a business opportunity. Equally, China's leaders see political benefits at home from the war. Russia is portrayed as a victim of the same Western bullying that China has long endured. Online expressions of sympathy for Ukraine are censored. More than anything, China wants a world order built around spheres of influence, with China in control of Asia, Russia wielding a veto over security arrangements in Europe, and America pushed back to its own shores. If Russia's war in Ukraine helps to bring this about, so be it. A holy gift for India's farmers When India celebrates Holi, an ancient Hindu festival, on Friday, revellers will smear colours on their relatives, friends and even strangers. The more adventurous will guzzle down bang, a cannabis-infused concoction. The festivities are meant to commemorate the triumph of good over evil, but also the beginning of a new harvest season. And for India's wheat farmers, there is much to celebrate. Amid the war in Ukraine, the price of wheat is soaring. Many farmers are hoping to cash in by offloading their produce in the global market, instead of selling to the government, as they usually do. That would reduce the government's subsidy bill, so the bureaucrats are keen to help. The government is investing in measures to identify export quality wheat. This will be needed. Despite being the second largest producer of wheat in the world, India doesn't export much of the stuff, accounting for less than 1% of the global total. Japan's inflation finally creeps up. America's Federal Reserve this week began raising interest rates to tame rising prices. Do not expect the Bank of Japan to follow suit when it meets on Friday. Inflation has begun to creep up in Japan too, which may seem like a good thing for a country that has struggled to raise prices for decades. Yet the inflation Japan faces largely reflects rising import costs. The BOJ does not reckon it will be lasting enough to shift its ultra-loose stance. The yen, meanwhile, has dipped to a five-year low against the dollar, further inflating the cost of already expensive energy, food and raw materials from overseas. Those movements are likely to wipe out any gains for workers from annual wage negotiations. Some economists predict that at some point this year, Japan's core inflation rate may touch 2%, the BOJ's long-held goal. It is certainly not the way Kuroda Haruhiko, the governor, envisioned hitting that target. 
Galactic Diplomacy On Friday, a Russian rocket will take three cosmonauts to the International Space Station. The launch comes at a tense time. Since Russia invaded Ukraine, its space partnerships with the West have collapsed. On Thursday, Europe's space agency suspended the European-Russian ExoMars mission, which had been planned for over 20 years. Germany has terminated all space collaborations with Russia, which in turn has refused to provide America with rocket engines. Dmitry Rogozin, the head of Russia's space agency, threatened that if Russia was stopped from collaborating on the ISS, which no one is proposing, the station could fall out of orbit. In reality, Russia has little leverage over other countries, which are not as reliant on it as they once were. America can now use rockets made by SpaceX, Elon Musk's firm, rather than Russian ones to get to the ISS. Meanwhile, Russia has been cozying up to China. The two countries plan to build a lunar outpost together. Omicron v Delta Researchers have confirmed what doctors had already noticed about the Omicron variant of COVID-19, that cases are a lot milder than with Delta, which it replaced as the world's dominant strain. A study published on Thursday in The Lancet, a journal, found that this is because Omicron is intrinsically a less severe virus than Delta. The study examined 1.5 million COVID cases in Britain. After adjusting for past infection, vaccination status and so on, the researchers found that the risk of hospitalisation for Omicron cases was 59% lower than for Delta. The risk of dying was 69% lower. Unvaccinated people were also less sickened by Omicron than by Delta. Vaccines were somewhat less effective against Omicron, but still highly protective. Three jabs reduced the risk of hospitalisation or death by more than 70%. Inevitably, Omicron will be overtaken by other variants. The hope is that they will be weaker still. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day. On Friday, your challenge is to give all five answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 5pm GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. What term for a stupid person comes from a Greek word for quote, private citizen? Yesterday's question. Which book, attributed to Sun Tzu and written in the 5th or 6th century BCE, is still widely cited today? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Marcus Aurelius. The soul becomes dyed with the colour of its thoughts. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or by asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist podcast. 
and as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download the Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. Thank you.